Good morning, everybody. We're the Yan family, and welcome to service. During Advent, God's promise illuminates our hope. We light candles of the Advent wreath to signify his promise of light in the darkness. In times of fear, we place our hope in the one who brings peace. In times of grief, we place our hope in the one who offers comfort. In times of wondering, we place our hope in the one who speaks the truth. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Today, we light the first candle, which reminds us that our hope is the everlasting God who pierces the darkness in this world and reaches into brokenness of our lives, granting the promise of a new tomorrow. Well, good morning and welcome to worship this morning. Whether you are joining us here in person or you're joining us online, we are so thrilled to be gathered together in this space as we celebrate our first Sunday of Advent. This season in the life of the church where we start to anticipate, we start to long for, we start to get excited about that which is to come, the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Emmanuel. And so this morning we are so excited to enter into this Advent season together. The Jan family just lit the Advent candle. It's one of our favorite holiday traditions, Christmas traditions here at Christchurch. We will be doing that each and every week as we lead up to Christmas, reminding us of a different aspect of what this season is all about. But this morning, we're gonna do another Christmas tradition, one of our favorite things that we do each and every year here at Christchurch. This morning, our service is called Lessons and Carols. And Lessons and Carols, for those of you who may not know, it's not something unique to Christchurch. We didn't make it up. It actually got started in the 1800s as an ancient tradition of the church and then was made famous on December 24th of 1913, at the end of World War I, King's College in London, their choir performed lessons and carols as a way to remind people that there is hope when the world feels sometimes dark and chaotic. And so that's what this morning is going to be all about. It's gonna be a little bit of a different morning. We're gonna experience the service this morning in three different movements. And so I'm gonna encourage you to participate along with us, especially because this is a family service this morning. We have a lot of kiddos in the circle, so welcome to all the family that are here, but we are excited to move forward in our worship together this morning as we anticipate what God will do and also be reminded that he is here present in the midst of us. And so I'm gonna invite the worship team to come forward. What do you say we rise to your feet as you are able? What do we say we bring a little joy into this place this morning as the worship team kicks us off with joy to the world? Is worthy to be praised and the one who gives peace and joy. Come on, we sing. Let's sing this out. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. See 
going to have us stay standing for a little bit longer. You'll know why in a second here. Um, but I also want to give you opportunity, if you didn't receive yet, uh, this journal card as you came in, we will close our eyes and you feel free to run back and pick up a journal card. No one's going to uh, mock you at all. Uh, but take one of these and we're going to be using this throughout the course of our service this morning. If you're online, uh, we're not leaving you out. We actually have one we should be dropping in the chat that you can open up. If you don't know how to do that, no worries. Grab a piece of paper or a journal at home and follow along as well. Well, you can see I have a friend with me up here. This is my friend, Reese. Let's say hi, Reese. Reese, what grade are you in? I'm in fifth grade. You're in fifth grade. Amazing. Um, what's going to happen each movement? We're going to start out the same way. As Reese and I come up at the beginning of each movement of our three movements, we're going to have you stand. And then Reese is going to be so kind to lead us through the key passage for that movement. Now, what's so special about that? Not only are we hearing God's word being spoken over us, this is going to be participatory. All right, I'm going to hold up some cue cards as we read. All right, if it's a green cue card, it's something you have to act out or do. With me? If it's a red cue card, you just have to say what it says. You, you, good? So green cue card, act out, great. Red cue card, read it, very good. Okay, are you ready? Okay, let's see if we can do this. Genesis three verses eight through 13. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, That's okay, a little bit more, let's try that again. Read it again. When the cool evening breezes were blowing. Oh, much better, okay. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man. He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? She replied, The serpent deceived me, and that's why I ate the fruit. Very good. You may have a seat. Thank you. Yeah, you can give her a hand for that. That's good. That's good. Reese is getting a crash course of church behind the scenes this morning, and uh, she's doing pretty well. Most of us go into shock, but uh, she's doing really well. So just like two little kids who have their hand caught in the cookie jar, we see Adam and Eve go into hiding. They hear God coming and they run and hide in the bushes. And then as they're waiting in the bushes, in hiding, they're waiting for God to leave. But God does something extraordinary at this point, unexpected. He doesn't come with an accusing finger he actually comes in pursuit of them. God comes looking for them. And God, as they're waiting for, for God to leave, God says, no. He says, Adam, Eve, where are you? And he searches for them through that question. 
almost in a sense of reaching out his hand, longing for them to come out of hiding. And as a side note, we, we do know, right, anytime God asks us a question in the scriptures or we see Jesus in the gospels ask us a question, we know it's not for his benefit, right? I mean, it's not like God in this case is like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have made this place so lush, right? So big, I lost the two people in here. It, it didn't, doesn't happen that way. It's always for the people's benefit of being, who the question is being asked of. So they come to terms and understand certain things about themselves. And I think when you slow down and read through the scriptures, you begin to notice when you follow up on those questions God and Jesus asks of us, they're usually done in such a way, formationally speaking, to show us where our heart is pointed, what direction is our life pointed. So in this case of Adam and Eve in this first passage, where are their hearts pointed? Well, they're in the bushes, hiding. They're hiding from God, and they're definitely not pointing towards God. They're running away from God in the darkness because they chose to do something on their own. They chose to make their own way, their own path, and didn't follow the path God had offered and instructed to them. And this is where the season of Advent comes in for us. Uh, it's like an affirming mentor, so to speak. You, you see, Advent means arrival in Latin. And it's the arrival of God's solution to our hiding, to our darkness, Jesus. Adam and Eve were waiting for God to leave. But during Advent, we are given the opportunity to wait with the expectation for Jesus to arrive. And if you're not familiar with the church calendar, and I don't mean Christ Church, I mean the capital C church calendar, there's six movements in the church year, six liturgical seasons, as they're called. And, and the church calendar starts with Advent. And then actually, I find it very interesting and instructive because we, we begin the church year, the church calendar, in Advent by waiting by waiting. Throughout the scriptures, the people of God waited over and over again. They were instructed by God to wait. And usually this is a test of their faithfulness and a test of their ability to simply follow his direction, follow his lead. Don't take things into your own hands. And in the Old Testament scriptures, how often have the people of God waited for the movement of God for the deliverance of oppressive circumstances? or the coming of promised blessings. And in the series we just finished up a few weeks ago, the King series, Elijah was instructed to wait on the mountain for God to pass by, if you remember that. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit had Jesus wait in the wilderness for 40 days. Jesus asked the disciples to wait with him and to pray before he went to the cross. And Jesus instructed his disciples to wait, with, wait for him in Galilee after the resurrection. And when he did meet him there, he said, wait now before you do anything else. Wait until the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he said that as he ascended back into heaven. And the Apostle Paul writes, how we, along with all of creation, we wait with eager hope for the day that God will transform and set everything the way it should be. Now, if I'm honest, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, I'm not that great at waiting. When I'm stuck places, I often ask why. Why is this taking so long? Why is Linda taking so long to make her move in the board game we are playing? Why isn't the line moving? Why hasn't the decision been made? Why, God, have you not answered my prayer? And if I'm really honest, this causes me at times to hide from God out of anger, out of pain, out of fear, out of doubt, out of shame for feeling that way, if I'm honest. But hear and see what God does in Advent. 
God continually pursues us. Even when we are hiding, God comes and he asks, where are you? Where are you to draw us out of hiding, to be with us and for us to be with him? So at the start of this Advent season, really consider, really consider that question God, I believe, still asked us. Where are you? Where are you this Advent season at the beginning here with your relationship with Jesus? And if you take out your journal page, what I'm going to have you do is in the first part, this is my one from last service, so it's already writing there, but I have my marker here. The first top is for movement one. And on the left-hand side, I want you to draw a bush with two eyeballs in it. That's us hiding from God in the bushes. And then on the other side, on the right side, I want you to draw two people, stick figures. Believe me, this is not a test in our ability to draw. Put a halo over one of them, that's God, not you. But they're walking hand in hand. They're close, they're intimate with each other. And then draw a line between these two images. And we're gonna call this the continuum of hiding. The continuum of hiding. And so as we go into this movement and worship here, I want you to reflect on where are you right now at the start of this Advent season with your relationship with God? Are you in hiding for whatever reason? Where do you find yourself a little bit closer, but there's still some things, or maybe you are walking hand in hand, which is amazing. Acknowledge that, celebrate that. Because God asks us right now at the beginning, where are you? And know this, sometimes this is where the shame kicks in because if we know we're hiding, we tend again to go deeper and deeper into those bushes. But the beginning of Advent tells us and shows us very dramatically that God's not happy with that. In fact, he once again comes not with an accusing finger, but he wants to position himself in front of us again in pursuit and having us to face each other in relationship, to walk hand in hand. So reflect a few moments and mark that on that continuum. Where are you? Bye. 
Okay, please stand with us. Passage number two, are we ready? You're pretty good first time. Isaiah 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walk in darkness will see a great For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a will You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you. For a child is born unto us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he shall be called. I'm working on it. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate, the passionate, passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will. Very good. Thank you. You may be seated. I, as we wait in hope, because again, we're waiting in Advent, but it's this expectant hope. And as we wait in hope, I hope you heard what you just sang and what we just read through the scriptures. I mean, as a reminder, we just sang this. In the darkness, we were waiting. Without hope, without light. Till from heaven, you came running. Again, we're in darkness. But we're not left there. God continues to pursue us. And then Isaiah reminds us, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, light will shine. So once again, we turn our back on God in various ways for various reasons. Some in our control, some, frankly, we have no control over. But around us is this cloud of darkness. But God continually pursues us. And in our waiting, our hope builds. And again, may I remind you about biblical hope. Biblical hope is not wishful thinking like I and I'm sure many of you, and if there's any college students here at home, I know you are doing this when you go in for your test that you have not studied for, and you go, I really hope I do well at this. Mm. It's not that kind of hope. Biblical hope is all about this eager expectation for, to, for God to do what only God can do. Henry Nouwen writes, hope is trusting that something will be fulfilled, but not fulfilled according to, the, to me, to my ability but fulfilled according to the promises of God, not just according to our wishes. Biblical hope is always this eager expectation that you can't wait to see what only God can do in the end. Almost like when you're a child and you have kids with you and you're at a magic show or you're at a ball game or you're anywhere where there's crowds and the kids, all the kids are on their tippy toes because they so want to see. I just kind of experienced the reverse of this as I picked up my daughter Maya last week from Midway Airport and all the college parents were there on her tippy toes waiting to see our college students come down the escalator, which again, I don't know why we were like this. They were up there. But it's that, it's that eager expectation, right? You with me? I cannot wait to see what's gonna happen next. 
That's biblical hope. That's that tiptoed expectation to see when and how our heavenly daddy is going to show up next in our lives. And when we wait this way, peace grows in us. Peace grows because we're not looking to ourselves, but we are looking beyond ourselves to the source of hope and peace, to the prince of peace as we just heard from Isaiah. We realize it's not about relying on my strength and my ability, my power. We can cease trying to figure it out and trust in God's power, God's strength, and God's timing. And as this peace-filled expectation for God to be actively involved in our lives grows, joy is fostered. Joy, mind you, is a gift of the Spirit, as is peace. Meaning it's not something you and I create or fabricate just by our willpower. It's a gift of the Spirit, and the Spirit generates and fosters true joy beyond our circumstances and fosters true peace in us beyond our circumstances because we are creating space for that transformation of our hearts and lives. And in that, when we do that, anytime we do that in big and small ways, a transformation happens, which is the process we've been describing thus far, is it not? We have taken our eyes off ourselves and pointing them beyond us, trusting in God's presence and God's promises. And again, anytime we do that, transformation happens. Our heart is transformed and moves more in sync with the joy, hope, and peace of God. And one of the key byproducts of that transforming work is the spirit-infused joy. And how can we not grow in joy, right? How can we not clap and rejoice as Isaiah stated? when we begin to let go of our worries and embrace God, when we realize it doesn't rest on my shoulders, but on the one who is far greater than I. When we notice and embrace God's timing, God's promises, God's presence at work in our lives, we are enabled to crap along with the Israelites of old. As God enlarges and redeems our lives. As God brings us out of hiding and embraces us in the light, our response is to celebrate God's work among us, especially as we allow this spirit-infused joy to grow. As Advent reminds us, even in the darkness, God's love for us abounds through this extraordinary gift. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, not ours. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Taking your journal page out once again, we're gonna do something a little bit different in that find the number two square for movement two and place that in front of you. And what I'm gonna do in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. In fact, close your eyes now, know where that square is so you don't write on your leg. But close your eyes with that square in front of you and you can go ahead and place your pen on that area. And what I want you to do, we're all in darkness now with our eyes closed. We can't see God, we don't know where he's working, but that does not mean he's not present. He's not active. He's not offering gifts of grace. And in fact, even now, still, with your eyes closed, what I want you to do is start writing things that bring you joy. Things that cause you to say, God's at work. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your grand grandchild's uh, giggle. Maybe it's that new job you found this last season. Maybe it's that diagnosis of healing from a doctor. And even if those things are not true with, for you, I know it can be kind of dark right now. 
So maybe for you, what you need to write is that yes, you are waking up for another day and that sunrise was beautiful. And you took that walk with your dog that you absolutely adore. And you had that great cup of coffee for that, what seems a minuscule moment of silence in the morning, but man, was that good. Or you remembered your Thanksgiving table this last week. Whatever it is, begin to write those things as your eyes are still closed. Take a moment, do that. Now what I want you to do is I want you to open up your eyes and look at those scribbles. And know this, here's, here's where I want us to go with this. Because yes, in the darkness, it can seem God is not there, we cannot see him. But look, even in those scribbly ways, God's grace, God's gifts are present. And sometimes we just need each other's help to point and to capture and to hold on to in the darkness, claiming that the light is there. Because we always know that God is in pursuit of us. Let's continue our worship as we think about this light of the world.
for the scripture and Reese lead us Luke 2 verses 1 through 7 at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the entire Roman Empire all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census and because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who is now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. because there is no lodging available for them. Okay, thank you. You can have a seat. Very good. We made animal noises in church today. Not going to miss Christ Church. Well, we started out today with a question. Where are you? And in this question, it shows us God's love and intention his love and intention in pursuing us, even though we might be in hiding. And one of the reasons we hide is actually we might be overwhelmed by the darkness that surrounds us. But that doesn't stop God from pursuing us. In fact, in the midst of the darkness, God longs for us to see his gifts of grace as we wait and hope for God to do what only God can do, and that is bring the light. And when we wait in hope, eagerly expecting and looking for God to work, we take our eyes from the darkness and begin to move into the light of God's grace and goodness. And God knows we have a hard time waiting. We have a hard time waiting in the dark. As I shared earlier, I, I'm, I'm not that great at waiting. And in fact, as I was preparing this, I recollected one of my uh, prized possessions that my daughter made when she was little. She loved writing and she loved drawing pictures, as many little kids do, but she kind of took it a step further. And one of my prized possessions from her is this little book uh, written and illustrated by Maya Haskins. It says right on the cover. And the book title was, Why Daddies Need to Be More Patient. <laughs> so again, I'm working on it. I'm way better now than I was when she wrote that book. I still have a lot more to learn and to grow in, as I'm sure many of you do. And even hearing the title of that book, I'm sure that can be laid across your life as well. And this is where, again, Advent can help us hear God's invitation and see the hope being offered. Because Advent is all about waiting. It's about waiting to see and embrace God's ultimate gift unfold in front of us, in and with and through the person of Jesus. So often when we first hear of Jesus, there simply is no room in our lives and we don't know what to do because everything that's around us is simply darkness. Some of it brought upon us, some of it we caused ourselves, and we run into hiding. But again, as we've seen all morning, God is patient and God is in pursuit of us. And what Advent tells us and tries to instruct us every year after year after year that hopefully God's desire is that this story that at once seems, at the beginning, oh, that's a nice story we tell every year but it's actually a story that God longs for us to understand as the story that should shape our life. 
The story of how no matter we find ourselves, where we find ourselves, how we find ourselves, how we're in the darkness, God is in constant pursuit of us. His longing, his desire is that this would be the constant status of our relationship with him, facing one another. And if you go back to movement one, walking hand in hand with one another, that's God's hope for us. As the scriptures say, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing grace and truth. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So this Advent season, as you anticipate the arrival of Jesus, again, where are you? Where in life do you need this life-giving hope? Where are you eagerly looking for God's light to shine in the darkness? What will your response be knowing that yes, yes, many times in many ways we turn our back on God, but don't miss the story of Advent and beyond. There is a God that absolutely loves us and absolutely pursues us over and over and over again. And for our last reflection experience, I encourage you to write a statement of expectation. So on that card, there's one last space. And in that space, write a, a, a word, write a short prayer, write a short sentence of expectation to God. Where are you eagerly looking and expecting God to work in your life this Advent? Where is it that it seems dark? Where is it that you need hope and the joy and the peace that we've talked about today that is available through this gift that is brought to us every year that we celebrate Jesus. Let God know where you are. Let God know your hopes, your needs, your expectations. And as we sing this last song, my hope and my prayer for you is that we would truly make these songs be the prayers of our heart, that we can truly say, Jesus, you are the high king of heaven. And Jesus, I love you. And in doing so, you come out of hiding and you embrace the greatest gift that ever was given, the gift of Jesus. Reflect write, pray, and respond. Would you stay in the worship with us as we continue? Gracious Redeemer, you looked upon me long before Eden, you knew my great need. salvation in this manger bed. Oh, 
love you. We adore you this morning, Father. We thank you for the gift it has been to worship together, Lord, for the gift of your spirit, for the gift to be in community with one another, whether we are in a place of discouragement, Lord, of loneliness, of loss, or we are in a place of celebration and joy, Lord, you are in our midst, and we thank you for that this morning. Lord, and we continue to thank you for that as we move throughout this Advent season, as we wait for the hope that it is to come, Lord, and we experience the hope that you have brought us now. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Friends, you can be seated for a few minutes. We're winding up our time together, but what a beautiful morning. I honestly can't imagine a better way to enter this special season together as a church family. And so thank you so much for being here this morning. If you are new to the circle, if you're joining us or maybe visiting for the first time this morning and have some questions about what this place is all about, I would love the opportunity to meet you after the service. We do something each and every week called Christ Church in Five. And uh, it just means I'll be down right here after the service. You can come up, say hello. I would love to meet you, introduce myself, get to know a little bit of your story and share a little bit about what this place is all about. If you are joining us online, feel free to just drop the word new in the chat and one of our staff members will follow up with you right now or later on this week, we'll get back to you and share a little bit more about what happens in the life of this church. 
Um, it is December, uh, almost December. <laughs> we do have a lot of things happening in the life of this church. We want to continue this journey and this season of Advent together. And so we do hope you'll come back. We hope that you'll join us. We've actually created um, some cards just for that purpose. It has our holiday schedule on here, all of our services, all, a lot of the different things that we have happening in the life of the church. And so I would encourage you, pick one of these up on your way out. There's a QR code on the back. If you want more details about something, just scan that QR code. It will take you to our website where you can learn a little bit more. One of the things that's on this card and we actually are so excited about, we have a separate card for, is this Saturday morning from 9 to noon. We are hosting our first ever, it's called Oh What Fun Family Christmas Party. We are going to transform this place. I am told there will be crafts, there will be cookies, there will be balloons, there will be a, a train that actually takes you through this very safe there's space there will be music amazing things for the family and so we do hope you'll come out and join us for that as well as invite your neighbors and your friends your family um, we do hope you'll have a good time of that, but we want you to know also our heart behind that is uh, to be generous, to, to be generous to needs that are happening in our local communities as well as the world around us. And so uh, we will also have a Christmas catalog available. You can do some shopping for Christmas, but not shopping for our own selves, shopping in a way that allows you to be generous to help us as a church family meet some of those needs. So we do hope you'll come out Saturday morning. Like I said, invite a friend, a neighbor, invite your family. We'd love to see you here. The following Sunday, we also kick off our Advent series in which uh, it is called A Thrill of Hope, A Weary World Rejoices. We will be looking at different pieces of scripture, different characters in the scripture who maybe found themselves in a dark and lonely time, but the light of Jesus pierced through their darkness and brought them hope. And so we do hope you will come back uh, for all of the Advent sermon series and come back and join us for that as well. Well, we began our service this morning by lighting that Advent candle, by lighting the candle of hope. And as we move into our time of generosity, as we receive our tithes and our offerings this morning, I was thinking about how often I have experienced hope because someone has been generous to me or my family. It's that phone call at the exact right time or that text message that just says, I'm thinking about you, I'm praying for you, or maybe someone drops off a meal or chooses to engage uh, my life in a way that just reminds me that God is with me, that he sees me, he knows me, he is with me, and he is for me. And that's part of the reason that we receive our tithes and offerings every week because it's an opportunity for us by giving and giving generously to give hope in the lives of other people. To give hopes in the lives of people as they come in these doors each and every Sunday. To give hope in the lives of people as they experience some of the ways that we serve our local communities and also serve the world. And so as our ushers come forward this morning, uh, or you, maybe you choose to give on the Christchurch Connect app, I would just encourage you, give and give generously as a way for other people to experience the hope of Jesus.
Again, thank you for starting the Advent season this year with us. We are so happy to be with you this morning. And what a good, rich morning. As a reminder, if you are new to Christ Church, uh, Sue Ann will be right down here by the edge of the stage. She'd love to get to know you a little bit. Um, and if you have any questions about us, she's a great resource for that. Likewise, I have some more friends over there by the prayer banner. Maybe just one of the reflections today just stirred something up. Or maybe as you just think of Christmas and Advent, you're just not ready because you know what that means for family stuff that kicks up. We're there, right? We're there with you. And we wanna be there with you. And so we have friends over here that would be willing just even this morning to start that prayer coverage for this whole season and just to be there as someone to be present and to listen. And can we hear a big thank you from my friend Reese once again? Her debut on stage here with us. Good job. As is one of my favorite traditions is anytime I get to Benedict, uh, one of our services, I love to pray over and have us reflect, even on the way out, one of the favorite scripture passage. So today we're gonna do it and we're gonna keep in theme of what we've been doing all morning. So I'm gonna read a section. You're gonna repeat, read, repeat until we get through the passage, okay? Receive this by way of benediction. In Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Go in that reality, folks. Enjoy. Enjoy. 